Hey there, friends. Welcome to Knowledge Quest, your student experience podcast, where you ask the questions and I work with my family, friends, neighbors, anyone who will talk with me to find the answers to your questions. Today on the show, I sit down with Dr. Christine Pollard, who is the founding director of the Doctor of Physical Therapy program at OSU Cascades. We're going to explore the ins and outs and in-betweens of applying to graduate school. There's a lilt towards PT, but really, I believe that the knowledge and information here is applicable to everyone. So take a listen. Hey everyone, welcome back to Knowledge Quest, your student experience podcast where you ask the questions and I work to find the answers. Uh, Once again, I am sitting here with Dr. Christine Pollard, my friend from OSU Cascades. She's the founding director of the Doctor of Physical Therapy program at OSU Cascades. And this episode goes out to all of our friends who are looking at graduate programs, specifically to our friends who are looking at kind of that field of physical therapy. We're going to touch a little bit too, maybe on OT and um, and other therapies that you might be interested in. But Christine's going to bring her wisdom and her knowledge around um, specifically applying to the graduate program, uh, graduate programs in PT, and give us some highlights about the OSU Cascades program. So here's a little insight and a little funny. Uh, Christine and I have been talking for about 10 minutes, and we've been talking to each other, and it's been so good, but the recording was not on. So listeners, this is just our little note to say, life happens. Sometimes you talk 10 minutes thinking you're recording, and you're not. Here we go. We're going to start all over again, and Christine and I are going to just have a really great time. Christine, tell us again, thrills this time. Oh, this is so funny. Tell us a little bit about... um, Tell us a little bit about the DPT program, the history behind it, and then why now? Like why, you know, why are we doing this now? Yep, absolutely. So um, I, um, the DPT program has been a work in progress. Um, I went to PT school a long 20 some years ago in in Oregon, grew up in Eugene. And um, at the time there was only one private institution that was Pacific University. So went off, got my PhD, was on faculty at USC's DPT program. Uh, When I was down there, I noticed we had a lot of students coming down to Southern California for PT school from Oregon. And um, when I eventually made my way up to uh, OSU Cascades kinesiology program, I, uh, one of the first things I did was explore why, why does the state of Oregon not have a public DPT program? Uh, Most states have at least one public program. And, um, that was in 2011, and I've been working away on it, and we, we finally got to a point a couple years ago where we were ready to, to do a deep dive into creating a program. Uh, here at OSU Cascades, we have a new building that is actually, uh, the foundation was just laid a few weeks ago, and um, so that's perfect timing because we were able to design all these spaces, specialized spaces for the DPT program. So it's long overdue, and I'm thrilled that we uh, will now have a a public institution that um, is not uh, going to be at the same cost as most of these private institutions or our mm-hmm. students have to go out of state and pay uh, non-resident tuition, which is, is awfully high in most states. Yeah. And you were just telling me that you are, you're getting to order all your, your toys, right? That's right? Yes, that's right. So we, I was on the phone today and we, um, we're starting to, we have a, a long list of all the, the things that uh, we'll be buying. And it's super special because we have these, these new spaces. So we work with the architects 
And it's not necessary that it has to be very pretty spaces, but they will be because they were designed <laughs> with PT in mind. And, uh, and now we get to order all the stuff that, that's going to go in those spaces. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. And Christine, it's always, right, it's always fun. You know, it's always fun to come into a new space and things like that. But something that we, um, that I want to highlight again from our previous conversation was the power of doing, of doing something that you had seen something that needed to be done. You saw a need within, not just within Oregon in terms of, um, you know, really providing an opportunity at a lower cost for students, which is a huge deal, but seeing it within a community like being east of the Cascades where you could make a huge, a huge impact. So the impact is statewide, but really, you know, impacting those rural communities that do not have the access to you know, services um, within the therapy realm. Um, And as a dovetail to that, Christine, tell us a little bit about the strengths that this program brings. What, what is it that really, what are those pillars that really holds up OSU Cascades as a, as a place that's like, yeah, hey, this is, this is good stuff. Well, I think that um, there's a number of them. One of them um, is related to research. And um, that is that most DPT programs aren't at research one institutions, meaning institutions where um, considerable amount of research is being done. Um, So our students will get to all DPT programs talk about evidence-based practice. That's important. But our students will actually get to be a part of real clinically-based research projects. And that'll be part of the curriculum. And they'll get to see what that looks like um, in real time versus just reading about other studies that are being done at different (laughs) universities. Yeah. And, and, um, and what's what I, I have a special spot in, in uh, for students that were like myself that when I went to PT school, I didn't know I even liked research. And, and that's where I got involved um, in a research project at the Nike Biomechanics Research Lab that I just, I just fell in love with it. And, that's, and I went on to get my PhD and, and one mm-hmm. thing led to another. Um, and, um, and I really want to offer that experience for our students and the faculty that we are uh, recruiting have that same passion and they are, um, clinicians that are doing clinically based research. So you can, you know, answer questions that need to be answered. And then we can convey that, um, translate it right into the classroom. So I think it'll be an exciting, that's, that's one of the pillars research. Um, another pillar is that we have, um, we'll be working really closely with our kinesiology programs. So both, um, you know, Corvallis and Cascades have, have very strong kinesi programs. And, mm-hmm. and to have those faculty collaborating and working in synergy with our DPT faculty just real, really allow us to offer a, a, a broad experience. And then the last thing, if I could, was, could throw in a third, BIND Please is... do, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. BIND is full of um, PTs, uh, you know, the, the actual, if you look at the state of Oregon and you look at Bend, some people may say, well, Bend is saturated with PTs, mm-hmm. which is actually a great thing for a DPT program because we have all these clinicians that have amazing experience and expertise. A lot of them have taught in other larger cities and then came to Bend. So when it comes to our classrooms, we'll have, um, our students will be learning from a lot of different experts instead right. of we have these five faculty and they're going to teach all the classes. We're going to have eight to 10 core faculty, but then we'll probably have 20 to 25 associated faculty that are coming in and teaching in their areas of expertise. So that's, that doesn't always happen. Yeah. And Christine, just 
Yeah, sorry, were you, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you're good. So I, just to add on to that, just from our previous, um, from our previous, previous interactions, to add on a fourth pillar is this idea of service too. There's this focus on the community. Um, something that you had mentioned was um, looking at the power and the possibility of pro bono clinics. And how do we get out to these rural communities who don't have access to, um, to therapy, who don't have access to physical therapy, don't want people to get confused as they're listening, um, you know, and to help those communities to you know, create function and to be able to get back to the lives that they, that they want to live. I, on a personal note, Christine, so I grew up um, uh, in my formative years, I grew up in a small farming community in Northern California and no one did like, if you got hurt or if anything happened, like nobody went anywhere. Right. You know, my dad grew up like, maybe I shouldn't say this, but my dad went, grew up going to a vet. If like, you know, if you, if you needed stitches, like you went to the vet, like, you know, and, uh, you know, there was a good vet in town because everybody had animals, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. but the <laughs> clinics were small, you know. And so, yeah. Christine, that for me, like, I think that's so cool. Rural medicine and um, yeah. I think elevating physical therapy to this place that it is, right? It's, you know, it's Absolutely. not just the place the athletes go, you know. Absolutely. And and that's um, re- community service and reaching out to the community and as we kind of chatted about in previous discussions, you know, on this side of the Cascades, there's really, when you look at the state of Oregon, there's really a, not a lot of access for, for anything from the Cascades Eastern. And, and uh, right now where my biomechanics lab is, it's at an orthopedic center here in Bend. And mm-hmm. it's amazing this, the, the community they serve, they actually have a large parking lot where people can park their RVs. So people come in to bend and have their surgeries and camp out in their RVs. And, and so I would love, we already have partners with those uh, physician groups and it would be super great to then be able to have set up a pro bono clinic for when these people come into town. And, uh, and that's just not, they're not going to be able to drive over the mountain to do something like that. So, um, so yeah, we're really super excited. Yeah. Christine, just as a, as a summary of what we're talking about and just thinking about, so, you know, for our listeners, students or not students, whoever's with us today. So as you're thinking about your future, right? So OSU Cascades DPT program is exciting. It's it, in some ways it is shiny and new. It's polished and really cool. But yeah. I think what I want to highlight here is that the four pillars that we just talked about have nothing to do with shiny and new. Right. So being a research one institution, OSU has been around since the 1800s. (laughs) Like like nothing shiny and new about that. Um, Strong core. You know, that's something that we, Christine and I both know very well that the faculty within kinesiology fight tooth and nail to have a strong core. (laughs) (laughs) That in terms of uh, like the location and um, the community that you have there, that's, that's nothing about shining and new, shiny and new. Those partners, I mean, I've been hearing this for years, you know, partners within the Bend community are tight-knit, and that takes time. Like, that just doesn't happen overnight. And then yeah. this idea of serv- being service-oriented. Again, yeah. students, as you're looking, you know, friends, as you're out there looking for opportunities, as you're looking at graduate programs, all of us love the shiny new penny. And there are many reasons why you should think about OSU Cascades. And I think, Christine, 
not to diminish how awesome this new building is and it will be a brand new facility. Like you should want to work in a brand new facility, but the reason why it's so special is not the facility. Yeah. Well, and then I'll, I'll throw on top of that. It's in the other thing that we're not talking about that is just an awesome side effect is that it's going to be really affordable um, compared to yeah. a lot of other options. So my hope is that we can create this, you know, we are creating the stellar program with those pillars and it's going to be accessible to students that might not otherwise be able to afford uh, a PT yeah. program. So, so that's the goal. Yeah. And Christine, uh, I think what I'm hearing from you, I know this is near and dear to my heart. Accessibility is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. I think that yep. for those of us who grew up in rural, well, not just rural parts of Oregon, but, you know, just in communities with Oregon, in Oregon, where we ourselves, you know, I, like, you know, like we know what it's like to like, Hey, like I'm going to work. I'm going to work. Yeah, <laughs> and, absolutely. absolutely. You know. and, and that's what I, I, uh, I, my parents didn't go to college. They, you know, yeah. I, I have a special spot in my heart for that. And and, uh, and I uh, had to take out loans for PT school. So I, I definitely um, am pretty passionate about creating this opportunity for our Oregon students because it wasn't there when I was a kid. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled that we'll be able to, um, to provide this. That, Christine, I love it. This is a good transition. I am okay. ready to get your thoughts and your opinions. Students are always so you know this students are always so yeah. nervous about the application process okay yeah. so yay we've you know okay yay there's a pt programs out there <laughs> yeah. um now what? specifically there's this great home at cascades like yes this is really cool but now i have to apply and students just there's there i'm gonna you know not that this perfectly splits down the middle but i i sit with students who are super confident about it. they're like yeah i'm just gonna do it it'll be fine whatever you know and then i sit with students who are just like out of their mind, nervous about the whole process. So Christine, we've, I've listed, you know, in the email that I sent you, I listed a few things for us to talk about, but in general, for you, when you're, you know, when you're thinking about strong applicants, what, what are the strengths that you're looking for? Yep. Well, um, so when I came to OSU Cascades in 2011, I, I had been at USC for about six years and their DPT program. So I'd read thousands of applications, um, all the faculty there involved in this process. Mm-hmm. And, and so what was really special when I came to OSU Cascades is to be meeting with our kinesiology students, talking to them about their application. And, and that's where I, I, uh, I, I really enjoy that. And so I'll, I'll share some things with you that, that I've shared with them over the years that wasn't even necessarily directed towards OSU Cascades. It was for when you're applying to a DPT program, and honestly, the same, we have a lot of students that are thinking OT, PT, physician assistant. So these mm-hmm. same things that really apply across the board. And yeah. so, and so Christine, what, I just yeah. want to pause you for our listeners. So listeners, if you've zoned out, Christine just said she's <laughs> going to drop some wisdom in your lap. Okay. So don't wander off. This is, you know, this is Slade saying, take a moment, grab a pencil grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, note it down here. Christine's going to drop some wisdom in your lap. You've, you have, however you came here today, you know, this is your opportunity to say, okay, how can I, how can I grow? Okay. Sorry, Christine. I just wanted to like, Hey everyone, listen up. Here we go. Yep. So regardless of the type of program you're applying to, there's all these different elements that are being evaluated. 
and every mm -hmm. PT program or graduate program, they'll put an emphasis that they'll, they'll say, okay, you know, these things are the most important, but across the board, they're all being evaluated. And so some things that I've told students over the years, I'll just hit some of the highlights. Yeah. Um, one, letters of recommendation. So what I tell students is early on in your undergraduate education, you need to find ways to create stronger relationships with your professors. So either that is um, uh, doing an internship under that professor uh, in their laboratory, or it's volunteering for things that they're asking volunteers for. Whatever way you can find to get to know your professors, that's going to help them write you a better letter of recommendation. Then you're one of 85 students in a classroom, and they can talk about your grades. But if they can't, if they can't go beyond that, you know, that's not a very um, compelling letter that they're going to write. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing you should do is when it comes to letters of recommendation, when you ask a professor or, or in the case of PT, ask a clinician for a letter of recommendation, you, it, it's uncomfortable, but you need to say, can you write me a strong letter of recommendation? Because sometimes, um, you know, I've been doing this for uh, many, many years and, and I won't write a letter of recommendation unless I can write a strong one. And I'll say to a student, you know what, I, why don't you find someone who maybe can write you a stronger one who knows you better. Um, and some students don't ask that. And then they get, we get this letter of recommendation and it's like a few generic sentences and, and that's not compelling. So then if you're getting scored on those letters of recommendation, your score has gotten to be pretty small. So, mm -hmm. so start thinking about that now. If you're not gonna apply for another couple of years or even a year, do relationship building. If you need one from a PT, figure out how to get to know that PT. Um, and so, so that's one tip. Um, the, another tip is um, essay writing. So essays, me personally, when I read thousands of applications from USC, we did put quite a bit of emphasis on the essays. And you, and I oftentimes will read students' essays over the years I've been at OSU Cascades, and, and even some of the best students, strongest students, you know, academically, Mm -hmm. may not be writing the strongest letters. Um, and it's, they, they're grammatically correct, but just the content, the compelling mm -hmm. content. And so I really suggest students, um, you know, have, have, a prof have someone in the field. So for, let's talk about PT. If you know a PT that can read it, um, that would be ideal. Have a professor to read it. If you have someone in Corvallis, we have someone who, um, advises our students who is kind of the, the um, essay reader that helps out more, but she's more on the grammatical side of it where the professors can really help with the content. Like, you know, that was, that was I give that a, a, a B minus, but let's make it an A plus story. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think sometimes when students start writing those essays and it's kind of, they've waited a little too long, they're under the, the time gun, that's where you get in trouble. So try to start working on those essays sooner than later so that you can write compelling essays. Because you know what's crazy? Even if you have great grades, if your essays aren't good, that could really bring down students put all this time into grades. But then if your essays aren't good, that's going to bring down your overall um, score yeah. for the application process. So, so I don't think it matters what program we're talking about. Those two points are, are really important. Yeah. Um, 
building, I, I love how you, Christine, you kind of came back and you just, you laid it on top, right? Relationship building. And then I loved what you started with, compelling content. Um, yeah. th- there's another piece I want to take just a, like a second with compelling content sure. and, and to kind of build that up a little bit. But um, if we can both remember, I want to talk about waiting too long and rushing. And, you know, this piece yeah. about, Christine, I know you and I both see students who think, that they have to go to a DPT program right out of their undergrad. Um, right. so let's, let's talk about that a little bit, but I want to student uh, listeners, sorry, student listeners. I always, I'm always like, what do uh, I call you friends? You know, because I want to make sure you feel included here. So listeners, this idea of compelling content and, you know, wherever you are in the world, you know, raise your hand. If sometimes you feel like your story is just not that compelling, you know, right. all of us feel it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All of us, all of us that sometimes feel like I'm just, I'm just a nobody, right? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm nobody. Why, why should this be important? This is part of my dream. I really want to do this. How is my story compelling? Um, Christine, you know, I think this maybe goes along with relationship building as well, but how, what is your advice in terms of kind of sussing out the compelling parts? You know, how, what would you tell a student who's like, but I'm not special. Like, how do I write a story that's, you know, about somebody who's not special? Well, what's, it's a great question. And sometimes, so, so for PT school, the essay questions are different too. So some of it is asking about your compelling story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where a student can be like, I don't have a compelling story. I, you know, I wasn't in a motor vehicle accident and went through rehab and changed my life. You know, I, don't, I wish I had that story, but I don't. And so with, with those students, I always, I, I always, um, for those personal questions, I honestly think everyone does have a story. And so I'll yeah. sit there with them and try to, to bring out a story that, that, you know, we all have stories and, oh, yeah. and they're different. Some are very applicable to rehab and, but you don't need that story. So, so sitting down with someone like you or me, or even yeah. a PT talking to helping students figure out what that story is. That's one thing. Yep. But a lot of these questions are actually um, that, that essays may be about or other things, not necessarily them, mm-hmm. but, you know, asking about the profession of physical therapy and diversity in physical therapy. And, yeah. and, um, and, and that's where doing their homework is going to be really important. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, a lot like you sort of alluded to a lot of PT programs, not just us, but we'll be one of them aren't looking for students that just think of physical therapy as knee injuries during soccer. Um, It's a much broader thing. So getting to understand, you know, spending some time, even in in the times of COVID where we're at home on our computers a lot, really reading about what are the different areas of physical therapy and what interests them and what go, you know, beyond just the the traditional um, orthopedic clinic. And so, so doing their homework, talking to others, um, pulling out unique ideas that I'm comp every student I've ever met with has them. It just, sometimes it's just not in the forefront for them. Christine, it's, it's hard. It's, this is a part of growing, right? This is a part of learning who we are. This is applicable to everyone. Uh, so listeners, if you've made it this far (laughs) with us today, (laughs) um, really remember like, let yourself, let yourself grow and season. And, you know, and this, this is a perfect, I really, this is a perfect dovetail into this idea of Christine, 
rushing in, right? So either you've waited too long to apply to the program, you know, so then you're like quickly compiling everything. But also I, I want to, I think more specifically, I want to talk about the student who feels like they have to apply to graduate school right outside of bachelor's, out of their bachelor's degree. What is your, what's your wisdom on this? Well, you know, I think that, um, I never want to say everyone should wait. Um, you know, everyone's so different. It, I would hate to make a statement um, that you need to go straight, that you shouldn't go straight through. Yeah. Now, in reality, a lot of students that do uh, finish up their bachelor's and then do something for that sort of gap year between that and P their PT program, oftentimes, if that year is focused, you can do a lot of things to make yourself a, um, a stronger applicant. Yeah. Um, but some students, you know, I, I guess in cast, oftentimes we get students that, that haven't gone through the four years straight through. So right out of high school, um, they're heading in, they're a freshman, they're graduating four years later. Um, that student, it, it all depends on what they've done. You know, mm -hmm. I've seen applications from those students and, and there's a level of maturity and they've had experiences that are all very strong and consistent. Mm -hmm. But if the students that um, are struggling to get it, the prerequisites, you know, they, they don't have a lot of hours. They don't have all their courses done. They, mm -hmm. they're just, you know, really trying hard to get that application in. But it, at that point, um, and I've had a lot of students reach out to me and actually share with me their scenario. And I'm happy to talk to them about it and say, well, mm -hmm. you know, you're pretty close. Give it a shot. Yeah. Um, and, and if they come in with awesome essays and awesome letters of rec and all those other things, then, wow, the fact that they don't have a couple courses completed by the time they apply, the, maybe that's not going to um, hurt them too much in their application process. So. Yeah. So I think it's really individual it, and yeah. it really depends on it. You know, you, you, yeah. you have a senior that's very mature and has a lot of life experience. And then you can have one that, that hasn't had a lot of experience and maybe needs to get out there and get a little bit more experience. Yeah. And Christine, I think this goes back to what you had previously just said, which was, um, well, I think I heard a lot about your why, why are you doing this? And have you put in the homework and the time and the energy? And do, do you know this? Do you know the field? And do you know what it, it's going to take? Um, and in no ways, I think this is pretty exciting. You know, listeners out there, you know, if you're at a place where you're kind of on the fence, like, I do feel passionate about it, but I'm just not sure if I'm, if I'm able or worth it or all those other things. I think that what I'm hearing from you, Christine, is like, do it. Rock your story. Go out there and get to know people. Build your relationships. Make sure your essays are just awesome. And yep. make sure you know what you're talking about, you know, when you come to the space. And also, I just want to leave, in case, you know, there's anybody who's like, oh, gosh, now I have to be a perfect, like, perfect. It's like, no, 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 no. no We've not done that at all. Not. Yeah, we're right. saying... Be ready to be molded and to ask questions and learn to grow, but really like come in, you know, come in strong knowing, you know, knowing your stuff. Christine, let's take a break for our listeners for a moment. We're going to, when we come back, we're going to talk through some ideas around kind of cost, um, cost and debt versus the payoff at the end. Um, then we're going to go into my favorite thing, which is our speed round. We're going to get just a little bit more um, of Christine's background and just what she's coming at. Um, so listeners, thanks for being with us. Again, this is Knowledge Quest, your student experience podcast. We will be right back. 
All right. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, we're going to just pick up right where we left off. Again, another note, I didn't mention this last time, but listeners, if you know a budding musician, if you know somebody who's trying to get their work out there, that little interlude that I do in the middle that has some music, I would love to feature like 20 or 30 seconds of music from students or from people out there, because this is your space. You know, this is your space to be able to to share and um, and maybe it's because I come from an arts background. I'm all about hey, like let's <laughs> let's make this multi, you know, uh, let's make this integrated. Okay, so I am sitting with Dr. Christine Pollard. She is the founding director of the Doctor of Physical Therapy program at OSU Cascades. We've just been talking through kind of ins and outs of graduate applications. We've been talking about the DPT program, the Doctor of Physical Therapy program at OSU Cascades, um, and now we're going to get into the nitty gritties of like of cost and you know how is that compared to debt and and should we go in debt and and some other questions here so christine let's start off with the monies let's start off with the big money what's your wisdom share your drop your wisdom on us about going into debt is it is it you know how how do we balance that right like you know i I had a student who came to me and said slade i got i was able to get through my entire undergrad without any loans. And he says, I'm so afraid of taking out loans for my, for my mass, for my graduate degree, for his doctor of physical therapy. What are your, what's your wisdom on that? Yep. Well, I think that um, even for the student that didn't have to take out loans for undergrad, I think that's fantastic. Uh, Typically they'll need to take out loans for graduate school. Um, and, And what I often tell students is, within reason, it's typically a good investment because mm-hmm. when you get out of this PT program, you, um, there's, we know when looking at uh, workforce demands across the US, we know that there's a, there'll be a 28% increase in need for PTs across the US and, and in, in Oregon as well. So, yeah. so we know that it's a good investment in this career. However, that's really broad. Um, when you graduate, you should have a job unless you're in the middle of COVID. Um, and (laughs) then then that might not, the the graduates right now are, it's a little trickier, but in a few months it'll be okay uh, for them. Um, but what, what we see is that there's a wide range of tuition costs. And, and I actually encourage students to do a little calculator, um, in, Excel, in an Excel spreadsheet. And that's, and that's what I sit down with uh, our students here at OSU Cascades and, and go through it with them. Um, because what you can put into that calculator is, is that you can take a look at the types of loans you might need and you look at the cost of the program and then um, your age. And so that's a big one. So um, if students are thinking about, and we get a lot of them, and I've actually had a lot of inquiries from our program of, uh, for example, students that have gone out and, and they're, you know, have an undergraduate degree and they really want to do PT, they didn't do it, but now they're in their 30s, let's say, and they're thinking about going back. Well, in your 30s, if you look at that investment and then you look at, well, how long are you going to work? Are you going to work till you're 60 or 65? Then is, is this going to pay off? And usually in your 30s, it does. It's once you get into your 40s, then it start, it's starting to look, depending upon how long you're going to work. Yeah. Um, so, but for your average undergrad who's in their early 20s, um, the in, it's a pretty sound investment because of the job security. And yeah. you have a starting wage and there's a lot of room to move up depending upon 
are you going to work for a hospital, a private practice? Are you going to own your own clinic? Um, there's these different opportunities. Some are making more money. Others are making less money, but maybe have more, a more uh, comfortable schedule and lifestyle for you. Mm -hmm. um, but the big, the big determinant is what program you're going to go to. So, so our program over the three-year period will be a total of about 75000 in tuition. Mm -hmm. Other programs in the state are 120 up to a new 140. The USC's out there are, you know, 200,000. We had a student last year, one of my students that worked in my lab, just, uh, he's in his second year at University of Pittsburgh's program, which is 185,000. And, and those, the, the, if you look at what physical therapists make, even at their higher salaries, that the payoff is, is um, it's not a great investment. So, no. Um, as a general rule, if you can go to a program that total is, is, is I have all often said around a hundred thousand or less, if you do the calculator, um, it, it makes pretty good sense. Yeah. Um, I also highly encourage students to look at any, every possible loan that's out there, even if it's $2,000 or for the, they add up. So there are a lot of scholarships out there, external scholarships that uh, are available to students in the health, graduate students in the health professions. Um, and there's opportunities to go to work for companies, you know, anything a student can do to reduce um, that cost that I highly recommend it. Um, so, so that's kind of my, I, you know, I don't have like a magical number, but, but I always um, will tell students that, um, you know, there's a lot of great programs out there and there are some benefits to going to some of those bigger programs, but there's a lot of less expensive options that are still very strong programs. And, and that's what we're planning on our program being. Um, and, and in that case, you know, you, it's just inevitable that, that you're going to have a much lower um, debt load when you graduate. And that's okay. key. Yeah. I think that what I'm hearing inside of this, um, some, a note that I made on the side of this, right? So calculate, calculate the cost, the loans, um, your age, put it all together. I, what I hear in my, in my head is make it make sense. Right. Um, I think that something, this kind of gets me all fired up because I was like, I think I can help with this. I can help at the undergraduate level in terms of helping students yeah. understand how to do the calculations because I, this is one thing that I, I think that in general, in higher ed, we don't, we don't do very well in terms of supporting students to, in helping them to calculate how, what that's going to look like in 20 right. years, you know, in 30 years. Um, and it, it's true, right? Like if you, if you do the simple math of it, and say, okay, well, if I take out this much money right now and I do it at this, at this interest rate, um, right. and even if my loans are never forgiven, I just end up paying them off, right? Like how long will it take and how, what kind of life can I live? Make it make sense. Exactly. And the other component that can go into that modeling, you can tell I like Excel spreadsheets and I, <laughs> and I pass that on to my students, um, is where they intend to live and work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the, salary for um, someone working in Bend, Oregon is actually very different for someone that wants to go to Seattle or, yeah. or um, Southern California, but then there's cost of living. So there, there, you know, there's a lot of, but it's all easily, it's information is readily available if you look at sort of averages out there and, and yeah. you can get an idea and yeah. you can really get a sense of what's the difference between going to a program that's $75,000 a year versus 140,000. It's substantial uh, yes. when, 
uh, when you look at the monthly cost after they graduate. And for our listeners, Christine, you know, there, I, and maybe I'm speaking to, to, you know, the younger Slade who is like, but I don't know how to do these things. I want to take us back to Christine, one of Christine's first points, which was build relationships, find individuals who will help you to sort these things out in our, you know, in our spheres, listeners, wherever you are, I know that I'm willing to help. Christine's willing to help, you know, reach out to us, make relationships and, and, and find people who will help you to make those things make sense. Because I know that as a 20-year-old, like, I was scared to death of, of, you know, Excel spreadsheets. And then, you know, eventually, you know, uh, getting married and three kids later, I'm like, I got to get my stuff together. (laughs) You know, um, okay, here we go. You know, and now spreadsheets are really, they're like my best friends, you know. So you don't have to use spreadsheets, but whatever your tool is, whatever, you know, go YouTube that. Go find, you know, whatever documents are out there that will help you to make sense of your, of your world and then find people who will help you, help you to do that. Okay. So next question in this realm of, especially like making it make sense, Christine, what kind of help, um, what kind of help should students be looking for within a program at, in terms of their professional development? And what kind of help do you offer at OSU Cascades to help students go from being students to being professionals? Yep. Well, I think every program, I mean, the, all PT programs are accredited by um, CAPTI as the accreditation body. So all programs will have a professionalism element to them. And so I, I think that no matter what program you go to, students are going to get some, um, you know, as kinesiology undergrads, we start talking about professionalism, mm-hmm. what to wear when you go out on your internships, things like that, appropriate <laughs> emails, like things that are okay and not okay. We take it up to a whole nother level. And for our program, we have the professional course, uh, professionalism course in the first term of the first year. Oh, and then we're, that's a pathway that we're integrating throughout the rest of the courses. So, so it's, it's our job to create the highest level professional that is, is going out into their third year clinical experiences. And, and, and that will be a clear, uh, focus of our program. Um, Something else that you brought up though is related to um, business. A lot, what we're hearing from a lot of PTs, because we've we've been, the beauty of building a new program is you can reach out and say, you know, what do you felt, what do you feel like you didn't get? And what would you like to have had? And, And because we're building it, it's easy to integrate something when it's brand new. It's harder when you have a set curriculum to, to modify, as you know. <laughs> um, so um, one thing we're hearing a lot of is students don't get a lot of direction on how to negotiate for jobs, how to, um, the, the legal aspects of that. So in the PT career, oftentimes they have to sign agreements saying that if they leave this group, they can't go to work for these groups for this period of time or how to run your own business. So we're, we're actually adding a more um, content than most programs have on the business side of things um, so that they will come out uh, a little bit more prepared and ready for, for what's ahead. Um, and that came directly from, that's not a requirement, but uh, for accreditation. So not all, all programs have it, but we wanted to make it a priority just based on that feedback. Yeah. Listeners, as you're thinking about this and thinking about your future, ask fearlessly go out and just get in contact with directors like Christine, go and talk with the faculty if you can, 
this is your future. So ask fearlessly those questions around what kind of courses they, you know, what kind of courses they offer in terms of their professional development. I can tell you that based off of my experience that having a professionalism course, but specifically one that's going to give you insights into the the financial, um, the financial and the business end, like that's, that's a huge deal. And that's, you know, that's not happening everywhere. Christine, for the student who is worried, like, what do they do if they find out halfway through, like, ah, I don't, I don't know if I like this, or I don't know if I see myself doing this. Well, you know, what's your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and that's where I think that if you have students that are, are worried about that, oftentimes that to me, that's sort of an indicator that, I mean, some of us just have that personality that we're just worrying all the time. And, and that's one thing, you know, and I, I, I'm not I like that I've been a, yeah, no, me neither. Never <laughs> worried. Um, <laughs> um, but I think sometimes what helps that worry is students, again, inform themselves. So like you said, going on YouTube, learning more about, uh, about the profession. So maybe mm-hmm. that worries because they are not certain, but what I will say that the great, the cool thing about physical therapy is that we're training students to be generalists, to be able to, to, to pass that licensing exam, go out and practice in, in, in a good, safe, effective manner. But a lot of what happens next is, is up to them and to what area they want to specialize in. So, you know, they could go into neuro, they could go into, so there's different areas of specialization. Yeah. And then there's also different, um, students will take on different types of roles. So, so there's the student that's in the, let me back up for a second. So you have student in the middle of the program, let's say they're in the third quarter of the program and they're like, oh, I don't know if I can take this. Oftentimes when I was at USC, if we saw that, it would be the students a little bit just overwhelmed with what's happening. And that's why we actually, most programs have a clinical internship in their summer of their first year. Because mm-hmm. then they get out there like, oh yeah, I like this. You know, <laughs> this is what I, this is what it, you know, it's all about. Um, but also, reminding students that what you're doing every day in this rigorous PT program is different than, than um, when you're out there in the clinic. And our job, we're trying to, for our program, bring in a lot, have a lot of uh, experiences that are little experiences throughout. So like going over to the hospital and seeing the ICU and going to a pediatric clinic and seeing so that they're, while they're working really hard in the classroom, they're seeing all these different places they could work and maybe like, okay, I didn't really like this, but that is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so that's the nice thing is that there's a wide array of opportunity. Um, and then as they get out there working and they're five years into it, 10 years into it, there's different directions you can take. You know, we have a ton of PTs that are maybe 10 years into their career and now they really want to come and teach in our program and, and yeah. teach a class or two or, or take students or, you know, they're, they're sort of diversifying to, um, because they've been, you know, practicing um, for so many years. So, so there's different, you can go into education, you can go into working for a company as their PT in a, in a different sort of way than a typical practice. Um, there's lots of different trajectories, I should say. Yeah. Christina, I think that just in a way you've answered the question, uh, my last question before the speed round, which was around this, how do you keep the excitement over the course of a career? And Christine, you shared this with me previously, which was that even for you, you, so you started in PT, did it for a little while, but then realized you had more questions and, and things that were, you know, 
were building inside of you. Then you moved over into, you know, you moved over into academia and yep. that you found your home here and more so, even more so, right? Pro- providing and, and developing this, this DPT program at OSU Cascades. Um, and so this idea for our listeners of, you know, I think that, you know, the, as the, as the young people say, the FOMO, the fear of missing out, you know, trying to balance that with the YOLO, which is the only, you only live once. Right. And I apologize for all my listeners who are like, wow, so you sound really old. Um, but, uh, cause I don't, those don't just like really roll off of my tongue. Um, but anyways, right. Like there is, you know, nothing is, nothing is like in stone, you know, and that within, you know, within the things that you love, um, right. Something brought you here and, you know, there's a way you said it, there's a way to diversify. There's a way to take it and shift it. You can go into different companies, um, that there is a positive outlook. There's a way to create meaning and purpose within the degree that you received within the training you received to, to make that, to make that feel really powerful for, you know, over the course of a career, over a lifetime. Um, yeah, I, Absolutely. yeah. I'll um, just add the nice thing too, is that once you have that PT degree, once you're a DPT, you're licensed, you have those initials that opens up so many doors. And, um, and that's when we talk about investment, that, that investment in that license, that, that it really is pretty powerful when it comes to opportunities that otherwise wouldn't be there um, for students. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Christine, thank you. It has been, we're going to go into our speed round here. Um, I wish I had like fun side effects, but I don't. Um, We keep it pretty basic on this podcast. Um. (laughs) Okay. So this is just as a way to get to know you a little bit better to normalize the, uh, just normalize life. Right. Uh, Christine, you're just right. We were talking a little bit before, right? You have a family and you know, you're experiencing COVID just along with the rest of us. And yep, here I sit. <laughs> yep. Christine and I, we both, you know, we sit on our faculty and you know, we go through all the ups and downs that come with that. So here we go into our speed round. Um, okay. Tell us in one sentence or less, why did you choose this career? Um, Wow, you just stumped me, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, isn't that funny? I've talked this whole time, and I'm like, why did I choose this career? I think because um, I like to have a lot of things going. Hmm. How's that? That's good. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what do you do on hard days to get the work done? Um, I take breaks. So, and, and I think, you know, since COVID, um, I have a new routine. I I can say that I've never been great at working from home, but I figured it out in this COVID, like it's taken me this long and, and on hard days, I just, um, take a little five minute walk or, uh, now that I'm home, I'll, I'll jump on the rowing machine or just take a little mind break. Um, And then sometimes I just let it go. You know, I'm just, I'm done um, with, with whatever was hard for me. And I, and I compartmentalize. So to me, the art of compartmentalizing is really important. What is your number one grad school life tip? Create a network. So um, as an undergrad, I never liked to study with um, anyone. 
And yeah. when I went to grad school, that was critical. So have friends that are create your own little network of classmates. Yeah. And um, that's crucial, especially in when, I, when we say grad school in a cohort program. So we'll, if we take 42 students, figure out who your close three buddies are and, and, and work well with them. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, listeners. Uh, if you've been listening over the last few episodes, uh, Christine, um, our previous guests, have all dropped hints about networking, and it will definitely be on the show here soon. How do we do that, especially in the university setting? How do we network, and how do we? I think what Christine talked about, um, you know, how do we? Uh, how do you, as students, especially, get close to your professors? Um, Christine, anything? Any final thoughts or anything before we wrap up our time together? Um, I would just encourage students to, student listeners to um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, I'm always totally impressed with students that reach out to me. I've had a lot of Corvallis students reach out to me with emails, questions that, you know, there's just no bad question. You can't, it won't hurt to ask me a question. And, and, um, and so that would be my, I guess my last tip. And if you're in, if they're interested in OSU Cascades, every, the first Wednesday of every month, we do a virtual open house. Yeah. Our next one is tomorrow night, actually. I don't yeah. know when you're taking this. So maybe it already happened by the time they hear this or when you're, when you're taking yeah. it to go live, but, um, but every Wednesday of the first of the month. Um, okay. but, uh, yeah. So we're, we're excited to, I'm happy to answer any questions anyone has. Awesome. Listeners out there, I have been sitting with Dr. Christine Pollard from OSU Cascade. She's the founding director there um, of the Doctor of Physical Therapy program. We've been talking about the ins and outs and in-betweens, the good, the bad, the ugly, the ups and the downs of applying for graduate school. We've been focused on our friends and our colleagues in the field of physical therapy um, coming from undergraduate degrees in exercise science and kinesiology. Um, but what I hope is that if you've been with us this whole time, um, I hope that you've really pulled some lessons out about how to persevere, how to build relationships, um, looking for the tenets and the pillars of a program, being fearless as you go and as you apply for programs. Um, I think one of my biggest takeaways is that you, you're not married to any program until you like sign on the line and like, hey, I'm doing it. And you get, you get to pick. Um, listeners, this is your student experience podcast it's where you ask the questions and we find the answers. So please reach out, ask questions, um, because this is your space. Thank you so much for listening with us today, and we will be with you next time. Hey, listeners. Thanks for joining me today on Knowledge Quest, your student experience podcast. If you have a question you want me to explore or a professional you want me to sit down with, please drop me a line at anchor.fm backslash Slade Thackeray. My name is S-L-A-D-E, T as in Tom, H-A-C-K-E-R-A-Y. Catch you next time.